Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. We got three exciting business stories for you here today. But uh, since everything is AI, anything business related is AI. And, and these are not uh, these are not small stories. This is some pretty exciting stuff. Our first one is about the partnership between OpenAI and Shutterstock. I believe they're expanding their partnership here to essentially provide training data for generative AIs. Possibly Shutterstock creates their own generative AI. Who knows? Maybe they're just going to apply the uh, supply the content to OpenAI to do the work. This is a pretty exciting stuff here, and we'll probably see a lot more of these types of partnerships happening in the future. Uh, there is this whole tension between: Can you use this content without a partnership, or do you need the partnership? Is this fair use? Is it not? A lot of open questions, but. Smart folks at OpenAI like to get ahead of these stories, and I think this is another great example of it. Ethan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've posed the question before, you know, are we going to see in a couple of years from now some court case come down that's going to go retract these models? You have to retrain them, show the data you're getting for. So just like you said, OpenAI is getting ahead of the curve here. Um, they're pretty much just moving the risk to Shutterstock at the end of the day. So they're going to get to train all these models and the kind of guidelines around what AI is going to look like is now going to fall on Shutterstock for saying, yep, you can use all of our content to train these. We have, you know, a creator payout um, of sorts. So they're moving risk over to Shutterstock and they're getting ahead of the curve. And yeah, we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the industries. You know, I think that question's always been interesting to me from a legal side. Are we going to see these models have to get retrained sometime? Are we going to see people diving into the data behind it? How is this actually going to build up when we start seeing more and more economic effects from it? So pretty cool stuff. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, I mean, this this is good news for Shutterstock. Also, if you look at any open source or even many closed source models for text to image, you'll see Shutterstock like captions in the bottom left. And for text to video, you'll see Shutterstock captions all over it. So this data, this data is being used either way. And now at least Shutterstock has something to gain from it. Apparently, they're working with OpenAI on some generative tools and they're going to get like, first access to it. Maybe Shutterstock poisoned all the LLMs and, and stuff to, you know, put Shutterstock uh, watermarks on all, all the photos, you know, we'll, ne we'll never be able to prove it. Just kidding, Shutterstock, don't, don't send me a cease and desist or whatever you have lawyers do. I think we're going to see more and more of this. It, it's cool to see folks working together on, on, on things like this. And, you know, I was a, I'm curious to see how people are really going to get paid for this, uh, you know, because how do you prove you know, how my, is it just like, okay, well, if you had a photo here, you get a penny because we used your photo. I, I don't think it's going to be a per use case. It's not like Spotify where you get paid as people listen, you know? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how this actually works out for folks, uh, but you got to do something. Uh, and it looks like they're doing exactly that. Uh, on to our next story. Uh, the fine folks at Shopify, you've probably heard of them. Uh, seems like about half the world's businesses are, are running on it. Uh, they're launching Sidekick, uh, as they say, hero, entrepreneurs are heroes in their world and every hero needs a sidekick. I think it's a beautiful angle and it seemed pretty powerful. I'm not sure if it's there on day one, but basically can talk to this AI inside your Shopify store and literally have it do things for you. You know, you can have it answer questions for you, but I think their goal is to actually have it do things for you, you know, maybe uh, change the images that are in your store or add some text on the images that are in the in your in your store. What do you think, Connor? What else did you get out of this? Yeah, I mean, launching a Shopify store is, of course, already incredibly easy. And now for all your business ideas that aren't 
directly related to your store. You have an assistant that knows all that. But also, as you said, like the main thing here, I think they're going after is being able to say like, hey, can I change the header picture of my site? Hey, can I change the color theme of my site? Hey, I have this new set of products of these new t-shirts. Let me add that as a new banner to people to buy. And it's instead of going in and doing all the little editing and doing all the fine tuning, the AI will figure it out for you. And it's another huge jump of what you can do with Shopify. Ethan, you have a lot of friends in the e-commerce space. How do you think they're going to take this or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say two things. You know, there's a lot of like startups who have been working on features like this. Um, and now this is plopped right on the stop Shopify header. So now it's for everyone. Now it kind of eats away at all that. One of the features I thought was pretty cool they showed off in their demo was actually asking these more abstract questions, right? So this might be pretty simple, but one of the ones they showed was, hey, why are my sales down? And they're like, well, you're a snowboarding shop and it's summertime. So people aren't really skiing or snowboarding right now. So it's kind of like abstract questions for people jumping into e-commerce are really interesting. You know, their whole thing was about building up the entrepreneur. For the more seasoned person on Shopify, et cetera, I think it's a little gimmicky right now, but it may help them kind of reduce some costs for contractors, you know, doing these data analytics or some trends or, oh, I don't know how to make the new charts in Shopify. I'm just going to ask the AI instead of paying some consultant. So a lot of people have been working on this, but like I said, now it's right embedded in Shopify from them. So pretty cool stuff, but gimmicky-ish for now. I think that's a great way to say it. If you're a seasoned Shopify user, it probably won't be much help to you, but you're starting a store for the first time if you don't know how to do e-commerce if you don't know how to edit your shopify site it's kind of perfect it's a side yeah. i think uh maybe you can tell the sidekick to generate some snow so people can go yeah. and snowboard during the during the summer I, I think one really interesting point that i think he made at least a couple of times in the video and it's along the lines of something i've thought a lot about over the years which is that you know, more and more because of technology, entrepreneurs are essentially becoming artists. And what I mean by that is, you know, most art is created by one person at a time. Sure, you collaborate and there's plenty of great examples of art where there is collaboration. But with art, there's usually someone with the strong vision. And a lot of times it is just a solo artist doing everything themselves. And they kind of made this point a couple of times where you won't, this thing is not going to challenge you on your vision. It's not going to push back on what you want to do. It's going to help you get it done. And it seems to me like in not very long, we really will have even more. So, I mean, we have plenty of solo entrepreneurs out there in the world making tons of money. Um, but I think that'll just become more and more the case where you can just get things done on your own. And the sort of merging of artist and entrepreneur is just going to con continue until it's almost a circle of one. As I like to say, artisan. Artisan, yeah. I like that. I like that. You shouldn't trademark that. The, sure. uh, the, the final story, have your sidekick do it. The final story is XAI. If you haven't heard of X, it's, I think, now the parent company of Twitter or, or, or something like that. It's kind of tough to keep these straight. I think Twitter is part of X. And XAI is not under X, but it's related to X. Uh, it's the efforts of Elon and, and a few folks to use artificial, in artif artificial, artificial intelligence to understand the universe, as they say. Uh, Ethan, what do you think they mean by understand the universe? Um, you know, I, I think 
we're going to see another LLM out of them. I think we're going to see some new novel research out of them. I think the big story here for me is a lot of these people came from DeepMind. Uh, a lot of people came from Google. So you got this complete brain drain right now over at Google and DeepMind. You got more competition in the space from, as everyone knows, Elon. So yeah, you're seeing a brain drain from the other companies. You're seeing more people jumping in the AI space. I'm not sure what they're going to launch, but I think we're going to see you know, a similar-ish competitor to OpenAI. Hopefully some novel research. Okay, LLM, you're thinking. Connor, what do you, what do you think? LLM, something else? Somewhere in a little yeah. bit of that? They're saying they're going to work closely with X or Twitter and Tesla. So LLM, I'm assuming probably some spatial stuff with Tesla. Um, but yeah, DeepMind, OpenAI, Google Research, Microsoft Research. These are top-tier minds and the top-tier team they put together. I'll, I'll say one more thing too. Twitter has a ton of fantastic data for something like this. You know, videos annotated with comments of a tweet text annotated with an image. So in creating these new multimodal models, they actually might have a pretty interesting advantage here that can help out, you know, the Tesla bot robotics that could help out some of Tesla's multimodal work they've been doing for a decade now on the car. So being able to bring that to these kind of more general intelligences with Twitter's data combined with the intelligence of Tesla and a great team from Google Brain, et cetera. I think they're onto something. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Con. And I was going to say, like, Elon's done a lot of work lately, of course, to try to try to protect Twitter's data from, like, login pay, login walls to a bunch of, like, bot protections to even stopping, like, embeddings of tweets when you send them over iMessage. So clearly, Twitter's data is what he knows is valuable and why he probably bought it. And he knows that's what he wants to use it for when it comes to XAI. Yeah, we thought it was the threat of threads, but it actually might have been OpenAI they were trying to stop. The uh, it's possible, yeah. I'm gonna go out a, a, a little bit on a limb here and maybe try and synthesize some of what what I'm seeing. You know, Elon likes to go big. He's not usually one to sort of be. I'm going to copy uh, what someone else does. He likes to go way far ahead. You know, leadership is creating an unattainable ideal. If the ideal is attainable, it's it, you don't usually get as far as if the idea is sort of almost unattainable, and so. I think by positioning this as trying to make sense of the universe, and this is, again, me synthesizing a few things I've thought and seen, is uh, I think one of the folks on the team tweeted about how this is going to have a lot to do with math. I think they want to use AI to try and actually tackle some more fundamental questions because AI is not great at doing insane types of mathematics right now. So, you know, I don't think Elon wants to make a better LLM for, you know, as a personal assistant. I think they want to shoot for understanding the physical nature of the universe more closely and assume that there will be plenty of business opportunities that come from that. Like I think if maybe both of you mentioned, uh, you know, all of the computer vision stuff they're doing at Tesla is truly around trying to understand how the physical universe works. Uh, obviously, mathematics is hugely important there. Uh, they have Optimus, which is a robot that has to move through physical space. So my sense is that they're going to take some you know, pretty deep swings at what they think artificial intelligence can do uh, beyond what it's done. We'll, we'll see. It's, uh, even if it's not that, I think he's right to uh, set a vision that is, let's understand the universe fundamentally uh, with AIs as opposed to understand what's the next word that should appear in this sentence. Yeah, like there are, there are teams that have a pretty wide array of research and from the angle of understanding the universe, I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes something like AI that helps them research further for all the AI they're doing at Twitter, for all the AI they're doing at Tesla and yeah. anyone else to work with. So 
Very cool. So, uh, what, what, what are y'all seeing here for, uh, for my part, uh, a friend of mine shared a cool Disney AI trick where Disney is trying to build de-aging into their tech stack so they can de-age artists. When he texted it to me, he said something to the effect of, you know, I heard half of Hollywood was working on trying to de-age Harrison Ford, poor Harrison Ford, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and obviously, I think his point was it's a it's a big task. If you know half of Hollywood was working on it, how can how can Disney do that? Obviously, super valuable for somebody like Disney. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. We'll try to link to that here in the the notes. What have you seen, Con? I think Harrison Ford looks fine just the way he is. Personally. Yeah, I do too. But, but yeah, so Optiverse <laughs> XL um, basically just a data set of ten million labeled three D objects. Not super high fidelity, but it is interesting. It is nice to have another data set of well-labeled, cleanly cut 3D objects, no bad data in there or anything. So. Very, Very cool. cool. What about you, Eth? Uh, I saw this, um, came from a meme page, but it was also a paper that was only PR and came with no data, but they were claiming GPT-4 matches the top 1% of human thinkers on a standard test for creativity. Wow. Wow. I'm going to link it below. I have many comments, but I don't even want to get into it. So read it below and see for yourself. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe we can get you to get into it on another episode here. Everyone go do your homework. So Ethan will tell us what he thinks about it. The uh, teacher will appear when the student is ready, as they say. Thank you for joining us on another episode of uh, AI Daily. We are just about 500 subs. We're just about at 50 videos recorded, 50 episodes recorded. We can't thank you all enough for your support uh, and the incredibly encouraging words that you've been leaving in the YouTube comments. We read every single one of them and try to reply to every single one of them. So thank you very much. And we'll see you again on another episode. See you guys.